about Burt Reynolds, John Wayne, Marilyn Rowe. Okay, check it out. That's Movie Attic Headquarters every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Always an interesting show. And my friend Gordon sent me some uh, press he wants me to get out for him here. Okay, Gordon, what do we have? We have Michelle Carlo. All right, in very small print. Gordon, I want to add. (laughs) Let's see if I can read this. (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. I love Michelle Carlo. She wrote a book, Fish Out of Agua. Uh, opens at NYU Provincetown Playhouse Fall 2018 Storytelling Series Identity, Losing It, Finding It, Owning It with Fish Out of Agua Sunday, September 23rd at 3 p.m. So you want to check that out. Uh, You can also go to www.michellecarlo.com Okay, and uh, let's see, the Provincetown Playhouse is at 133 McDougal Street. So that's Sunday, September 23rd at 3 p.m. Check it out. Okay, what do you have for me here? Let's see. We've got Brooklyn Heights Comedy Nights. Oh, with the lovely Shelley Coleman. Uh, let's see. You will have that to be Thursday, September 20th. And I can't read the uh, – sorry, Gordon. It came in really weird. Okay. Brooklyn Heights Comedy Nights, uh, mon- uh, monthly stand-up cup, big-time headliners, four nationals. Uh, Thursday, September 20th, 2018, co-hosted uh, by uh, 
Okay, you got to write the Ladies of Laughter Competition, Shelly Coleman. Okay, <laughs> winner of the Grand Champion Ladies of Laughter Competition, Shelly Coleman. Okay, the 8.30 show will include performers Marlon Jean-Baptiste, Cara Bueller, Gianmarco Sarisi, and Jay Schmidt. Oh, I like Gianmarco. Okay, no cover, no minimum. Check it out. That's Pineapple Cafe, 71 Pineapple Street, between Hicks Street and Henry, Henry Street in Brooklyn. All right, you'll find it. Go to ShellyBiz at Hotmail.com for more information. Okay. Whew, that was a lot to get out in one morning. All right. Uh, I didn't eat breakfast either. Milk and cereal. 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 Here's a little Bill Dizel. Internet dreamer tapping the keys. You're looking busy to keep your boss pleased. Internet dreamer, we know you're kind. You're faking work while you're shopping online. Internet dreamer, you're such a nut. You waste your work day just surfing for smut. Won't you feel shocked? Oh, won't you turn pale when you find out your boss reads your email? You will find out your boss reads your email. A year has passed and your family wants you to know it's time to laugh, to have a blast. There's so little time left to go. You may have regrets, your dreams may die, your grip with failure getting firmer. We love you, Dad. You're quite a guy, a guy that's named Burl Murmur. Thanks, kids. Oh, isn't that wonderful, Burl? All our little murmurs have sacrificed themselves selflessly to buy you that tie class. I have never been so moved in my entire life. Charles, Gert, Berbert, you three kids are the greatest gifts any man could have. And now this tie clasp. Eesh. I'm so thrilled. I never knew a man could be as thrilled as this. 
Thank you all so much. I wrote the poem. Berber picked the gift and Gert drew the picture. Oh, Gert. What a lovely rendition of it. Yeah. It's a drawing of how I view the aftermath of World War III, which is inescapable due to the short-sighted political moves of your generation, leaving us the fledglings to deal with the apocalyptic consequences. I didn't want to tell you, but I must. I am so outraged by the hypocrisy. I'm marrying Sludge. We're joining the cult of egotism and moving to Guam to form an ashram for those people who can type but don't want to. Bert, why I don't understand. I understand this. I love Sludge. He loves me. And that is that. Um, Dad, I don't want to say anything, but since good uh, dropped her load, and I might as well do the same. I will accuse a manslaughter and seven people witnessed it. Berber, Berber, Berber. I'm going to plead insanity, though, of course. Uh, there should be no problem to prove because of my effervescent uh, wit and uh, dazzling charm. Uh, should be no problem. Uh, you, you, you'll be real proud of me yet. Some birthday this has turned out to be. I'm destroyed, utterly destroyed. I never knew a man could be as destroyed as this. Herbert. Manslaughter? Why, you can't even watch us carve a turkey. It was self-defense. I mistook a cane for a gun. Manslaughter? If you were going to slaughter someone, don't you think it could have been sludge? Huh, that's a fine thing to say about your future son-in-law, the man I love. No, stop, everybody. I have some news, too. Well, what's it going to be, Cheryl? A disease? An abortion? An addiction? What? Well, I didn't want to say anything, but I've been accepted into the Oxford University School of Journalism. The novella that I submitted with my application has earned me the Fulbright Scholarship for the entire duration of my studies there. My collection of poems and short stories has been honored with the Eudora Wealthy Award for Alliteration, and it has been bought for publication by Viking Penguin Press with the contingency that I accept a very lucrative lecture tour voicing all the glimmering possibilities of a poetic world. Well, Cheryl, we always suspected there was a black sheep in the family. We never had an inkling it was you. But seeing that you're so articulate and seeing that this is your gift, I can't help but wondering what side of the family you get it from. The murmurs have always been introverted. It couldn't be my side. My side of the family has always been uncomfortable with anything to do with words. But it appears you've been gifted with this sort of thing, and if that is your life choice, we extend our continued love, support, and congratulations. Here, honey, this is really your day, not mine. Hmm. What's so great about her? What about us? We're grounded. Yeah, but when you see my picture in the paper, you'll say, there's our precious son, Berber Murmur, the murderer. I don't know what I'm going to say when I see your picture in the paper or on the nose. I've had it with a watery, upstart attitude. I'm still the head of this household, and I'll rule my with an iron fist.
might be my husband. You might be singing. You might give me a smile. This song is not over yet. If I have an indication about it at all, I'm still in the past in this family. I'm still in the past. I don't think it's terrible. It's just a joke that I would fuck this off.
Thanks a lot. Uh, I'm Mike Berbiglia. Uh, I got one of those last names that you always have to spell on the phone, like it's B as in boy, I-R, B again, I-G-L-I-A, and I wish my last name were just boy. I'd be like, it's B as in boy, and then the rest of the word boy. <laughs> I'm Italian, but my family's not real Italian. We're like Olive Garden Italian. Sometimes people come up to me, they'll be like, in Italy, it's pronounced birbilia. I'm like, in America, you're annoying. <laughs> it was tough growing up, you know, kids would call me names like Burbigglebug and Burbibliography and Faggot. But I love being a comedian. I always want to be one. Even when I was a kid, before I knew what comedy was, I knew I wanted to be a short Jew. And my parents were like, we're Italian. And I was like, stop your kvetching. <laughs> I was a kid who wanted to be a comedian or a rapper or the owner of a pizza restaurant where third graders could hang out. Yeah. Rap was very different when I was a kid. It was very innocent. It was just like, ribbit a rap, 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 a rap-tastic. Gotten so arbitrarily aggressive. Rappers will be like, it's 2005, mofo. I'm like, you're mad about the date? You gotta pick your battles, man. I mean, you get mad about that. No one's gonna believe you when you're mad about real stuff. Like, you crashed into my car, mofo. Yeah, but you were mad that it was 2005. You're like the boy who cried, mofo. There's certain things that rappers do that I really like. Like Buster Rhymes will have a good rhyme and he'll just say his name. He'll be like, cat in a hat and that was that, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do that with jokes. Like I like drinking coffee, but if I ever reach a point in my life where the best part of waking up is Folgers in my cup, I'm not sure I want to wake up. <laughs> Mike Birbiglia. surprises people I want to be a rapper because I'm such a ridiculously white bread cracker. Uh, sometimes I'll use the word cracker in my act because a lot of black comics use the N-word. I like to use the C-word like, me and my cracker friends were driving down the street in my Volvo station wagon and I said, hey, cracker, pass the sun chips. And he says, not till we get to the picnic, cracker. And I say, cracker, please. He's like, Cracker, what? <laughs> but I said that at a show, and this black guy comes up to me after the show, and he's like, you're my Cracker. I was like, actually, sir, you can't call me a Cracker. <laughs> Only we can call each other Crackers. You can say Cracker, but not Cracker. I actually have a habit of making awkward situations even more awkward. Like, I was moving a, a new bed into my apartment recently, and this woman who lived in the building opened the front door for me with her key, and she goes, I'm not worried because a rapist wouldn't have a bed like that. <laughs> now, 
what I should have said <laughs> was nothing. <laughs> what I did say was you'd be surprised. <laughs> and there's nothing you can say after that. You're just like, or whatever. I'm dating a girl right now. I realized recently what I needed to find was a woman who loves me for my money but doesn't understand math that well. <laughs> I lived with a girl for a while. We worried about different things. One day I said, what do you fear most? And she said, I fear you'll meet someone else and you'll leave me and I'll be all alone. And she said, what do you fear most? And I said, bears. <laughs> I went, uh, it's nice being here this week. I uh, had a weird summer. I went to a funeral recently, and uh, they handed out Kleenex at the beginning of the funeral, which I thought was a little cocky. <laughs> like, wait till you get a load of this funeral. You're going to cry and cry. She's so dead. And I got a sympathy card, but I find that a sympathy card is a very underwhelming gesture in a way. It's like saying, I know you're going through the deepest loneliness of your entire life, so here's a picture of a daffodil. I hope that works out for you. <laughs> That's why I want to make my own sympathy card. Like on the cover, I'd put a picture of a duck-billed platypus playing checkers with an apple, and then you open it up and it says, the world is f***ed up. <laughs> Mike Birbiglia. Thank you very much, Montreal. Like you've never seen 
Movie Attic Headquarters every Tuesday at 4 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio. Want to check that out. And uh, also uh, check out No Name and a Bag of Chips. I love them. Go to Facebook and check them out. Okay, I'm looking for something a minute. What do I have? 134. I have that minute thing. Okay, uh, I'll do this. When I was a little girl, my Spanish grandmother would take me to see these Spanish horror films, made even more horrific by the fact I didn't speak Spanish. But I always knew who the villain in the film was. Oh, yeah. She was that skinny little woman, all dressed in black, her hair always in a bun. In her hand, she'd be holding a mysterious box and be standing at the top of a tall, winding staircase. At the bottom of the staircase would always be some beautiful young woman who'd say something like, And the woman at the top of the staircase would say, Tu esposo está aquí. She'd open the box, inside of it a man's head. Ayúdame, ayúdame. The head would fall out of the box, bounce down the stairs, boom, 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 land at the woman's feet. She'd go, the woman at the top of the stairs would go, and that was every film I saw over and over again as a child. Thank you for tuning in. This has been What's the Buzz in New York with your host, Nancy Lombardo. Okay? My CDs are available on CD Baby. Big kiss. Bye-bye.